Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Simon Shawcross from HitUni.com joined us again today. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more shop geared towards uh, the fitness professional again. Uh, but hopefully, maybe if, if you're not a fitness professional, you're working with a trainer, maybe this can be of some benefit to you. But I've, I've spoken on the podcast a couple times to other people about there, there's a gap that needs to be bridged between the fitness professional and the health professional health professionals being, um, you know, a, a general practitioner, uh, doctor, any kind of physician, uh, chiropractor, you know, physical therapist, you name it, because I don't know, Simon, about you, but well, first of all, welcome to the show before I keep Thank rambling on. <laughs> I, I was happy to just jump straight. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> always, always a pleasure to catch up. Eric. Awesome. So, so, Anyway, my, my experiences have been like, I would say 70, 30 to the point where it's like someone who's dealing with a, who's working with a trainer, specifically me, either they won't bring up to their physician. Let's say if they, if they have like a nagging back injury, or maybe they're just coming off of surgery, they won't bring up if they're working with a personal trainer um, because either they don't find it relevant or they if they do say they're working with a trainer, the person that they're talking to, the health professional the med- in the medical field, they get kind of like this weird, you know, they do the eye roll like, oh, you're working with a trainer. Great. whoop de doo So I don't know if you, what kind of experiences you've had with your clients in relationship to uh, health professionals, but if you do, I'd, I'd like to hear some of that. By and large, I've had really positive experiences. Um, one of the, the challenges as a personal trainer is some, sometimes the way uh, in, the broad, in broader society how a personal trainer can be perceived, unfortunately, sometimes is as a little bit dumb or not necessarily uh, somebody who, who understands health concerns and issues. Now, I think that's, for a start, that's a, 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 quite an unfair perspective in general. You know, there are great, fantastic trainers who really know their stuff uh, even into the health realm of the spectrum, but you know, people who I would say could probably rehabilitate uh, uh, an injury or, or musculotendinal issue, as well as a physical therapist, or maybe even better in some circumstances. So that you know, it's a little bit of an unfair label, but sometimes that's a label you might have to deal with from a health professional. You know, their perception in their mind of what a personal trainer is might be uh, something, something, a career or an individual that they would typically look down upon, um, which then puts you in a, in a challenging position because you're looking to do good work with your client and to help them on their road to recovery. So one, one thing I found like just super beneficial from the outset is to create an open uh, and frank dialogue with that individual's medical professional. And I would look to get the client on board with giving you their uh, GP or their, their, um, whatever the medical practitioner is, their specialist, 
giving you their contact details. So you make first contact with, with the doctor, with the osteopath. One of the things when I first started out that I found pretty quickly is that doctors would, if, if a client mentioned their personal training to a doctor, almost the default position would be, oh, that's a bad thing. You know, the, the, the trainer's probably not going to know what they're doing and could make something worse for you. Um, and what I found was that sort of their defensive, the, the, the health professional defensive position, you can blast that preconceived notion of who and what you are away by making the effort to make first contact. A lot of the times, the, the health practitioner is going to just drop their, their preconceived notion of you the moment they realize they're speaking to an intelligent individual. So if you make the effort, because no, trainers who don't really care about their clients are not going to bother to make that effort. So if you're the one who picks up the phone, fires off the first email, whatever it is, whichever uh, mode of contact you're going to use, and gets in touch with that person, say, look, I really value your opinion. I'm working with Mrs. X, and I want to make sure it's the best possible journey towards health that she can have. What advice do you have for me as a trainer? And this is what I intend to do with the client. And then you're creating this open, frank, and honest dialogue from the outset. And you might actually find you end up with a, a doctor or a health practitioner who completely ends up respecting you. And maybe even as your relationship grows, starts to forward clients to you down the road. Right. That's happened to me in many circumstances with osteopaths and doctors. Once they've become comfortable and confident in who I am and what I do, and that um, Mrs. X is, is fine, she's okay. In fact, she's getting better coming to see me and he's seeing that during their appointments, then you can open up a great referral network and chain as well. Yeah, that's big. That's really important. I think a lot of people don't realize that that is an avenue. If you're getting started in the fitness industry to use doctors, doctors and people in the health profession as, or the, the medical profession as reliable sources, because that only creates a better system for you and you know you become more respected and you're looked at as um not just like a not just like someone who like, like we talked about right before we press record just run somebody through a workout you know willy-nilly who cares you're in you're out go do your pt on your own so yeah. i like what you said about you know if you make first contact you reach the person and let them know um that you're on board with what their outcome should be I think that's really important. What you said about um, obviously creating the first, creating the dialogue, make the first contact, and ask them what advice do they have for you, instead yeah. of saying, "Hey, doc, you know, here here's my plan. How do you fit into it?" Um, a, do a doctor is rarely going to be liked to be talked down to like that. Right. They're going to be used <laughs> right. to be in the position of power and talking down to the to the patient. And and in your right. situation as the personal trainer, you know. Um, it's wise to um, listen to what they have to say first. And look, I'm, you know, doctors usually are not uh, great at exercise prescription. They don't, they don't know this stuff like a great personal trainer does. So ultimately, right. you are the expert in this position, but you need to, to get them on board with you and to get their professional medical opinion on the situation that that particular client is, is currently facing. Right. Could you, do you have like a, what's your most recent story of somebody going into maybe coming out of, out of the doctor's office or maybe post-surgery that you've, um, that you've had to deal with? Did you, anything pop into your head right away? 
but just um uh, i mean one of the, the the super beneficial ones which which tracks a whole sort of um pro the process with somebody who's having um cruciate ligament surgery and um before the surgery they knew it, it was something that happened from a, a tennis injury um during their, their youth as a, as a tennis player and they knew that they were going to need this operation uh, or, or decided that they wanted to for the upshot or the upside um potential upside of, of, of the surgery and so i was in a really lucky position to be told that this surgery was coming so let's take 12 weeks to make this joint as strong and resilient as possible you're going to have a period of time um, post -op, uh, operations and post-op where um, training is not going to be recommended um, and then you're going to have post uh, or rehabilitation so right. it really that, that chain followed the whole gamut of from prehabilitation to uh, a couple of weeks off to full rehabilitation and i was using a, a really good um, device which has sort of medical grade cams on it so that uh the, the knee extension and the flexion exercises were possible and, and, and were uh, safe to do. And we got that joint and the, and the muscles and tendons and cartilage of that joint as strong as we possibly could um, during that 12 weeks pre the surgery. Uh, my client then went and had the surgery. And this was all with uh, the uh, agreement uh, of the doctor. You know, it's like, yep, you, you need to be doing this stuff. We had the surgery within, I think it was a week and a half, within 10 days after the surgery, he was back doing the exercises with me again. Um, and for the sake of safety, I, I lopped off, I probably about, I don't know, 30% of the load first session back. But we were back up to full strength within uh, three or four weeks post-surgery. Wow. And then began exceeding the levels of strength pre-surgery that, that, that had that had been pre-surgery within five five six weeks afterwards, and therefore you had the situation there where what we did really supported um, the surgery and the physical issue that, that client was going through at that time, and. The value that I was able to add as a personal trainer meant that this guy was strong going into surgery, mm -hmm. recovered quickly because he was, you know, metabolically act super active in those uh, tissues, and then we could pick up almost where we left off and get him back up and and, and back to full health and full strength really quickly. And yeah. that's that stuff that is really practical and and can be done if you if you're prescribing exercise appropriately around surgery yeah yeah and, 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 then, then, you, and then if we just sorry go yeah go on i was just gonna say that you have you have um data and feedback that you can send to to the physician if they're open to that kind of information and that 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 also creates that feedback loop yeah yeah and, and an absolute favorite of mine just just while we're to touch on this while we're on the subject was um yeah. And I may well have mentioned this before on, on the podcast, but I had a, a client that I worked with for about 10 years um, who had Parkinson's disease. Oh, wow, yeah. And 
year on year, he had to go in every, he, he saw a specialist sort of every couple of months, but then year on year, he'd go in for a sort of a full medical testing of his strength uh, and cardiovascular ability um, at a hospital. And when I worked with him for the first seven years of that, year on year, we increased his strength uh, in his, his quadriceps strength, which was the main measure of strength that they took. And I, you know, emailed back and forth with his doctor during that process, and they were blown away by that progress over the first seven years. Um, so it, it, it's always worth having that uh, open channel of communication. And what you'll find is if you're doing a good, good job or a great job with the client, is, is the medical staff can be blown away by what is possible because you need to remember that most of their clients do not take this proactive um, stance on their health in that to that degree. They don't necessarily hire a personal trainer. They may they may consider you know I go for a walk around the block every day for half an hour and and so therefore I'm looking after my health. But far fewer people really look to sort of strengthen their muscle tissue uh, and keep themselves strong during that kind of disease process. So you can you can seriously impress medical professionals by the work you can do with with clients across a whole range of conditions. This, and that kind of brings me to my next uh, concern about this whole situation is that um, I think being a personal trainer is not the same as being like a physical therapist or someone with, with that skill set. Is it hard for a PT to learn physical therapy or maybe some prehab moves for people? No, absolutely not. Like that's, um, I don't think that should be a, um, a, a strict standard. I think that's why we have people that we can refer out to. We build our network. And if somebody does need physical therapy, then we can, we can, uh, you know, have, have people we trust to send people to. And yeah, physical, I, th- physical therapists play a, a really important role. Yeah. Huge, huge role. Good physical therapist, just like a good trainer. Cause you know, there's, there's different levels, you know, in, in the whole spectrum of uh, the profession. But what I was going to, what I was trying to get to is that, I've been, I've been looked at by, by clients as a physical therapist. You know, they, they come mm-hmm. off of a surgery and they'll say, well, I don't need to go to physical therapy because I work with a trainer. And I have to sit, seriously like sit down with them and have a conversation and say, you do need to go to physical therapy because this is not in my wheelhouse and here's why X, Y, and Z. A lot mm-hmm. of trainers out there might completely disagree with that. I don't. I think it's very wise to stay in your lane. So if I'm a strength training specialist, I'm going to stick with, you know, in, in that lane. I'm not going not gonna to veer out and claim to, to know how to appropriately rehab someone um, at the same time try to strength train them also. I think there's a fine line that we have to walk as, think, yeah. um, as, as one of, trainers. One of the first things I think you need to do when you've got anybody coming to you as a new, let's, let's say, for example, as a new client, and they say, this is, I've got this issue and I want you to help um, me work around it or fix it or help me with this, this issue that I have. First thing that I think you need to consider is, is it, is it within your capabilities to help mm-hmm. that individual with that particular issue? Uh, do you have the knowledge? Do you have the skill set? And are you confident to do that? If you're not, you have to you have to back away. You have to recommend somebody else straight away. Um, 
if you if you are capable and it falls within your remit and it falls within legally in your in your jurisdiction what you're right. capable of doing and allowed to to promote and sell and teach and you feel completely confident of that great if not always best to refer out refer them back even to their gp so they can get a, a referral onwards to a specialist or to yep. a physical therapist that you 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 trust always better to do that than to sort of plow on thinking well like i kind of know how to work with this and i work with you know, Mrs. Jones two years ago and, 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 and that kind of resolved that for her, it may not be the same scenario at all. And, and you're far better, both from your own conscience perspective and yeah. for helping the individual <laughs> in front of you to make sure that, that they get treated appropriately. So, I, yeah, I, I yeah. thoroughly agree with what you're, you're saying there. And it's, it's tough on, on our part, at least. I, I want to be that, that person that uh, is a can be, I can be the accountability partner for my client, especially if they're during PT, during that process and, and set a reminder for me to remind that person, Hey, make sure you do your, your PT today because X, Y, and Z, not just because yeah. you're, you're being told to, but because it's going to help you. And I, I, I mean, I've done PT on my own, my own shoulder. I've gone to physical therapy for my shoulder and then was able to maintain that. And I worked with the physical therapist to rehab myself i didn't want to do those exercises like mm. i just I, it was it was hard enough for me even having the knowledge like all right i know i need to do this because six months from now um i don't want to have frozen shoulder or you know my labrum to go even further out uh, into a tear so had but but people get get the little piece of paper with stick figures on it and they look at this thing they're like oh, i'll do this like once or twice a week and i should be fine but those things need to be done as prescribed two to three times a day. And we, as trainers, if we want to maintain that client-trainer relationship, we need to make sure that they are doing everything outside of the gym in that, in that case, in that case. Yeah, yeah. Everything outside the of the gym that they, they need to be doing. And that's the difference because what they're doing, you know, with the, the exercise they're prescribed by their PT and um, that they're required to be done multiple times a day is they're not specifically looking to build strength back up. Right. Per se. They're looking to build mobility back up. And right. that has to precede the, the real strengthening process. So, yeah. you know, there is, a, there is a, a path that it is beneficial to follow. But you're, you're absolutely spot on. You know, most people get those sheets of paper with a stick men on and they might have a go day one, maybe day two, but then that's yeah. pretty much it. And, and, and as you say, it is important to do. Um, and it is a good, an essential part of, of the recovery process. So if yeah. we can, as personal trainers, be there to support, encourage, and help foster uh, that habit that the PT has prescribed, then we're, we're really, really assisting that client. Yeah, I think you're ahead, ahead of the game. So have you... Have you ever, how do you go about finding the person that you're going to refer to or to make the connection to? Do you, um, have you ever shadowed physical therapists in your area or maybe have like spent some time with uh, physicians and really tried to sit down with them and, and describe what you do? Or is this like on a case by case, you know, as it comes to you scenario? The, the, the way I, I did it as a personal trainer when I started out was uh, pretty much on a case-by-case -case basis. I just made, uh, I, I suppose when I first started, I had, and this may be something common that, that happens with, with trainers who are new, 
when people know that you're only in, you've only been doing this for a year or two, they tend to be more insecure about your ability to work sure. with them around those type of issues. So what I noticed at the start of my career would I would, I would have far more people saying, oh, my doctor says I shouldn't do X or I shouldn't do Y, or my osteopath says I need to need you to get in touch with them. Or So for me, what happened was there was, this, there was this very organic process of what I found was like, I want to do the best for these people. They're telling me this information. What The, the best way for me to move forward is, is, like I said at the start of this, is to get in touch with that health professional directly so I can start a conversation, start a, uh, a two-way dialogue w- with that health professional. And then organically, that just grew a network. Yeah. Um, and, and then by the end, I was getting so many referrals from um, health professionals, you know, per- people who weren't personal trainers, other health professionals, um, sending me clients that I couldn't, at- I couldn't take on all the clients that I was being sent by health professionals because they knew that they were sending their client to a safe pair of hands. And, and that's really valuable as a personal trainer um, to have that as a... Um, as as health professionals' perspective of you, if you can become a relied on, uh, trusted individual to help people, then you're going to find you're going to have no shortage of, of clients. Now, whether you want to work with people who have a higher levels of dysfunction is another question. Maybe sure. you just want to yeah. train, you know, studs, and and that's what you want to do. <laughs> but uh, what I found is is there's a lot more people who need a lot more specialist help out there. Um, and it can be very rewarding indeed to work with those types of clients. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've kind of gone, um, I've gone into places where I know that some of my clients maybe have been to physical therapists specifically and asked if I could just shadow for a day. Um, yeah. I, ha- I actually haven't done that in, in quite some time. And now that we're talking about it, it might be a good idea to do that. But was um, the response you got was the response you got good in general? Were they happy for that to happen? They were extremely surprised, and I think if you get a hold of, if you if you just talk to, and I don't know all all of the terms. I know they have like interns and things like that. Obviously, you know, you're going to bypass that person. But if you're talking to someone at the front desk, um, like the the manager of uh, the facility, they might not be as as adept to say, yeah, come on in, let's do this. But if you can get them to really talk to the, the, uh, the head therapist, you know, the, the leading person in charge, that person is usually very open to having someone come in. I think it, uh, I'm not sure it happens very often. So it brings a level of excitement as well, but also mm-hmm. shows respect. And again, you're in, to your point, you're building that, that network, that relationship and uh, I know I said, you know, I'm, I'm all about staying in my lane, but there's, there's nothing wrong with learning how to, how to do different things for um, external and internal rotation and shoulder mobility and things like that, because they, they do those things so often, um, which I think in turn can, you know, benefit your clients you know, at moving forward. And there's, there's going to come a point during the rehabilitation where, this, where, this, where is this, where there is this handing off. <laughs> Where they're ending their physical therapy and yeah. going to be with you from now on. So using some of that stuff they've trans and through the transitional period and to keep them strong in in, for example, uh, rotator cuffs is is really valuable. Very yeah, very much. But for the most part, yeah, I, I've gotten some very good feedback from it. As long as you talk to the right person, don't give up. If you leave a message for somebody you don't hear back in a week, then you need to call again because you will get lost. If you're not bringing in income for them, 
I mean, you will get lost in the shuffle because it's such a high demanding, you know, you're dealing, they're dealing with insurance and everything else, which is right. uh, thankfully something that yeah. we don't have to do. Um, at least in, in the States, but, uh, that's a whole other yeah. topic we, we, we could, we could get into. I, I've had people ask me, well, how come, you know, trainers don't deal with them? Like, well, there's a lot of different reasons and, um, I, maybe, maybe we'll just leave that in the pocket for now, but, um, yeah, Simon, I think this is, I think this is a very valuable conversation. And if, if you're, especially if you are a trainer that is in, is in a, a position where you're not really sure how to handle somebody either coming to you as a first time client, or if you're, if you're getting ready to deal with somebody who might be having surgery, um, then it's very valuable to, like you said, make the first contact, uh, create the dialogue right away, take notes and give feedback. I think that's all very, very important. And what was interesting was that was both of our experiences. Uh, we, we've yeah. both been proactive in, in, in that uh, uh, stepping out to, to meet the health professionals and being the ones who've, who've made the step, the initial step in that direction. And I think that speaks as to, as to how valuable that process can be for a trainer who really wants to, to forward their career and excel with working, working with a, a wide variety of clients. Agreed. Absolutely. And it just benefits you as a professional and it solidifies you as a professional in, in the industry where right now we are in dire need of, of more professionalism. And this is definitely one way by working with other high level professionals. So, yeah. Um, Simon, I, I got to jump off here, sir, but let everybody know where they can find you and what you have going on right now. So they can come and find about our certification programs at hituni.com. Um, the other thing is we've just released a, a fan. I just want to just say, say this one thing. We've just released this fantastic blog post on hituni.com forward slash blog, uh, which is written by a, a really well-respected business writer. And it's got their tw uh, 25 top resources uh, they recommend for a, uh, a fitness professional to become an entrepreneur and forward their business. And it's just a, a very exciting blog post which, that I just want to just put out. People to go and take a look at it because if you're serious about your career, this has got some great free tools in there for you to, to start moving forward. Cool. Yeah, I'll grab that and link it to the show notes for sure. Fantastic. Uh, well, well, as always, this has been great and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Fantastic, Eric. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor. <laughs>